We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're going to go to the offensive side of the football first because, of course, that's the side of the football that everyone's worried about most right now. Defense still had a lot of bright moments against Louisville. Offensively, you are now working on two games of bad football and three games of underwhelming football as far as what the standard had been. The first four games of the season showed you that of the offense I think that you can be. And then you got caught to cut down to reality a little bit over the last three games. And now they're in Notre Dame is in need of a little bit of some confidence building, right? You need, you need a little injection of energy and confidence and the ability to get things right right now, man, everything feels very, I don't know if this is the best way to quantify it, but everything that should be easy offensively feels very hard right now. Everything feels difficult. And that's the worst place to be because you know, if everything easy feels difficult, Usually means the difficult stuff is out of your reach <laughs> at times, right? It, it also yeah. shows Ryan that there's a me- there's something mental going on. It, it's yeah. not lack of players. It's not this. It's the scheme no. sucks. It's there's a lack of confidence. There's a lack of cohesion. So, you know, we're going to get into this, the four specific keys. And there's always things like we're not going to talk about like don't turn the ball over, you know, a bunch. That's a given. You know, get points that those are givens. One of the ones that I that that is going to be key, Ryan. It's not going to be one of our four is what the coaching staff does throughout the week in regard to how they prepare, how they interact with their players, what are the things they're doing to try to instill confidence back into this group? That's going to be so important to what the product is going to look like on Saturday. And so, I I mean, it's not even about the game plan. That's going to be important. That's an important piece to it and all that. But I don't care if you come up with the best game plan in the world if you didn't go through this week of practice and still, you know, getting your guys back to being confident, believing in each other and those type of things, it's because again, if I'm a coach, I don't care that they believe in me. I need them to believe in each other. That's a big thing. I, I, Sam Hartman could think I'm the biggest moron on the planet, but if he believes in his receivers, he's going to throw the ball to him no matter what I call. Right. Uh, if he believes in his offensive lineman, he's going to be comfortable in the pocket. If the center believes in the guy next to him, the guard believes in the guy next to him, they're going to play good football. There's going to be good communication. The receivers are going to say, hey, man, 
I, I got all the confidence in the world in my quarterback. Throw me that ball. And there's just a level of competitiveness there that we're going to see from this group. So those are the things that I, that I look at, Ryan, to say that is an overarching key that's going to bleed into all these four because these four won't work if that doesn't happen. Yep. But if that happens during the week of practice and they come into this game energized and confident, not false enthusiasm because you look at USC stats and you realize this is a really bad defense. I'm talking about genuine confidence who in who you are. It doesn't even matter who the opponent is in who you are. If they're able to instill that, then these things are are, are more than achievable, Ryan, and, and, and likely to a degree. But if that that's what I say. This is a, such an incredible week of practice. Saturday is just the final the final product of of what this team and what this staff are going to be doing offensively doesn't mean that these keys aren't important but yeah that's that's the over that's got to be the overarching philosophy this week is got to build confidence everything we do is about positivity and being confident that's what it's got to be about this week yeah i mean i think that you had to build it back and i think there was like self-realization that needed to happen this week obviously as well from the coaching on down to what what are we trying to accomplish here what are the goals that we want to achieve as a football team that are still available right like national title not available anymore but what are the rest of the goals that you can still achieve and honestly some guys need to be challenged a little bit too right like you you're you're a good football player man but you're not showing it right you need to be able to to kind of take deep down into there so there needs to be confidence injecting this program and this first key brian is one that we usually talk about every podcast as far as being important but it, I think it's always a, a great one to start with, and that's starting fast because it can always mean different things depending on what game you're talking about here, right? Starting fast for people offensively would be, yeah, let's get a couple early touchdowns on the board and gets it into an early groove. Sure. But it's so important in this game, I think, for a couple of different reasons. One, you need to start fast because your offense is a wounded animal, right? Like we called Notre Dame a wounded animal to begin the show. The offense is the real wounded animal right now. Like there is no confidence at all in that side of the football. You need to get started fast to inject some of that confidence back into that group, some of that enthusiasm, some of that pace, some of that belief. Right now, there's a lack of belief on that side of the football. So starting fast will help that. And then also, I would say starting fast is very important against an offense of USC's that you're playing against in this football game. Right? You don't want to fall behind early. To a guy like Caleb Williams and all these great wide receivers. Like you don't want to be able, you don't want to be in that hole early on in this football game. So starting fast, I think, is big just for the confidence level, but also for this football game specifically. It's very important because I want to front run against Caleb Williams. I don't want to work from behind. That's usually not going to be a recipe for success. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode of the Irish Breakdown podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you're laying in bed at night with your mind racing a thousand miles per hour and you just can't sleep? Like when you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. And if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. When you get there, just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Irish. I mean, to me, Ryan, it doesn't even matter, honestly, to, to get to the whole practicality of USC if it doesn't affect the first part, right? Like you are absolutely correct. You know, look, you've, you've got to jump out fast practically for two reasons. One is if your defense is able to make some early stops, you can get some early distance and then hold USC off the rest of the game, right? Because they're eventually yep. going to figure it out. If you're off, you know, if, if your defense is not making stops early on, it's about keeping you in the ball game until they figure it out, right? So, I mean, practically yep. speaking, it's incredibly important. But to me, it, it it the biggest part of this is the confidence part because if that if if they don't come out early and, and have some success moving the ball, you're gonna see all of a sudden there's this here we go again mentality. You're just gonna see it. It's just it's just what we saw last week. You know, you come out on both sides of the, the ball motions. too. Defense yeah. is gonna be a little bit like yes. dang man, we gotta be oh, we gotta be perfect. Here we now. go. We have to be perfect. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then you can't play from behind against USC all game. We saw that last year. You just this is not the quarterback to do that against. Because every time you they would claw back last year, he'd go make a play to make it a two-score game again. Every time you thought there was a little bit of hope, you know, he would do that. And then the times that you were able to get some drives together, maybe give you a little bit of hope, you couldn't finish. You know, I think of how they how they started the second half last year. I mean, they go right down the field on USC. Boom, 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 boom. Just drop the ball. You know, last year they're moving the ball, get stuffed on fourth and short, get stuffed on third and short. Like those type of things were this similar things to kind of what we saw last week. It's just it was against a better defense last week, you know. And so to me, that mindset part is the biggest thing, Ryan. That 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 trumps all the others because if the mindset is right and if they're able to build some early confidence then they'll stay in the game. They'll move the ball. They'll score points. They'll do all these things that we're talking about. And, and that's why, to me, the mental part of starting fast is even more important than the practical part because the mental part will then take care of the practical, in right. my opinion. And that and that's that's going to be the key. Because, you know, as of right now, the last I checked, as of last night, I, I haven't checked it again. I should probably do so while we're, while we're talking here, Ryan. But the last I checked, it's going to be very windy and very cold on Saturday night. You know, and so... To me, it, that can only add to, in my opinion, Ryan, a, a sense of doom. I mean, if you're not playing well early, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of the Michigan game in, in 2019. It's like, 
your defense came flying out that first, I think first or second series, they block a punt and then they muff it. And then, you know, you could just see like the whole energy level change. You know, they block the punt, Michigan recovers it, gets the first down. And it's just like the, and then Michigan just boom, 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 right down the field and they score. And just, you could just see the whole energy level sucked out of the sideline for Notre Dame for a team that I didn't think really wanted to be there in the first place, you know, talked with, uh, somebody before the game that was down in the field and we had that conversation. And and so to me, that's so important. I mean, I'm just gonna keep harping on that. That if that doesn't happen, if the confidence doesn't get established, then numbers one, two, three, and four from a practical standpoint don't matter. Because now you're gonna let USC build their confidence up on defense. Because here's the deal: this is the interesting thing about this matchup, Brian. USC's defense is going through the same exact thing that Notre Dame's offense is going through right now. They are reeling. They can't stop anybody right now. I mean, and I talked about this in the show yesterday, Ryan, and it's absolutely fascinating. As bad as USC's defense has been, it's even worse when you look at it in context of who they've played. They have one of the worst scoring defenses in college football, but they've played the number 41, 67, 75, 119, 124, and 131 scoring offenses in college football. They rank in the one-teens in total defense. They've played the number 32, 50, 84, 102, 105, and 129 scoring offenses. You know, their rush defense isn't very good this year. They've given up. They've played against the number 59, 75, 99, 117, 127, and 129 rushing offenses this year, right? And so it's kind of like they're reeling. You let them make some early stops. You 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 turn the ball over early in the game. You let them get off the field and get to the ball to their offense. And all of a sudden, that unit that's struggling is now ex- hyped up where what we just said about the the concerns about the Notre Dame offense and them losing confidence, if Notre Dame starts fast, the same exact thing happens to the USC defense, where it's like, here we go again. You know, then now there's pressure on the USC offense, right? Because we, we've talked about it from the Notre Dame standpoint, right? But now all of a sudden there's pressure on the USC offense, like, uh-oh, our, you know, our offenses, our defense is struggling again. We got to be perfect. We got to go score every time. Now, maybe they start making some mistakes. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, it, we've talked about how, oh, this could be very dangerous if Notre Dame doesn't start well. But if they do start well, then all of a sudden, all the negatives that could happen to Notre Dame happen to USC because their defense is even worse. If you really look at it, their yeah. defense the last three weeks has been even worse than what the Notre Dame offense has been in the last three weeks because the Notre Dame offense, for all their struggles, this is an excuse or justification. They've played three really good defenses in a row where USC's given up points and yards to teams that aren't really that good on offense, on offense, right? I mean, Colorado's very good at throwing the football, and they threw the ball for a lot of yards, but Colorado on the season, get this stat, Ryan, against teams other than USC, so their other five games, Colorado has averaged 55.8 rushing yards per game. They ran for 193 against USC. They haven't even run for 90 in any other game this season. They went for 193, right? So it's like, it's a battle of two really struggling units and whoever starts off the best is going to get that needed confidence boost and give the other side of the ball a much needed confidence boost. And the Notre Dame defense to me needs that even more than the USC offense does. 
Well, and I, I would say this too, is that the Notre Dame offense obviously needs the injection of confidence, but you know who else needs the injection of confidence is Jared Parker. He needs it right now. He's had a rough couple games as well. Like it has not been just on the players the last couple of weeks as far as like, it's all them. They're making all the mistakes. Like, no, it, it, there's been some puzzling play calls the last couple of weeks. There's We're calling not... great games, fellas. They're just yeah. not executing. I mean, exactly. Like, has yeah. there been plays they could execute? Yeah, there's been some missed execution sure. opportunities. Always is. And yeah. and those missed execution opportunities might have led to a victory last week if they would have made them. But yeah. it should have never come down to those missed. I mean, you, that's my thing. To your point, Ryan, is the, the 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 game plan, the play calling, all that stuff. It should have never come down to. Yeah. Well, gee, if you make this play or that play, it's like your defense held them to seven points in the first half. You should have been up twenty-one to seven at halftime on Louisville last week. And then when they fumbled on the first drive of the second game, you should have put the game away. Like, that's how it should have been. And, and yeah, the players got to do a better job. But, man, that that you did not put them – your job as a coach is what, Ryan? It's my job to put these guys in a position to be successful. And then they make and, the play or they don't make the play. That's they didn't it. do that yeah. last week. Or yeah. even the week before in a lot of ways. But last week was worse because I thought against Duke it was more about they just got their butts kicked up front. I mean, it, it really did. It's so funny because it's the Notre Dame offense versus USC defense. It's the battle of two also struggling coordinators on both sides of the ball. Like, let's not forget about the coaching, right? I think, Brian, it's very important. Not only Jared Parker gets some confidence early and gets going and gets into his mojo, right? He's got to dominate Alex Grinch because, like, that's the weak point of this USC coaching staff by a landslide, in my opinion, is their defensive coordinator is not a very good one, right? Like, you you can't just beat him, though, right? Like, I, I think it is like, it is like the bare minimum of you have to beat Alex Grinch in a one-on-one matchup this weekend. Yes, but no, you have to dominate Alex Grinch. Right. Leave no doubt about it because he is a, not a great defensive coordinator over the last few years, and he is a defensive unit this year that is not playing good ball. You need to dominate him, right? You need to dominate him. Get some of your mojo back against a guy that seems to also not be able to have any confidence in his game as well. Take advantage of Alex Grinch this week. Take advantage of the fact that he is also struggling. Can we do that? I mean, uh, that's just, we need that, man. We need, especially after last year, different offensive coordinator, obviously, Tommy Reese compared to the Jared Parker last year. But the USC defense was not good last year either. And But they took Notre Dame's run game out of the game last year. Like, nope, you're not doing that. Not, it's you have no excuses this year, man. You cannot let that happen again. You need to figure it out offensive, offensively as a play caller as well, in my opinion. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go to key number two, Ryan. 
and this ties in very well to what we were just talking about. You have to make USC pay. And so we thought about, you know, do we talk about the importance of running the football? Do we talk about dominating line of scrimmage? And, and, you know, look, we talked, I talked a lot about that yesterday. You and I talked about that on Tuesday. We talked about how the offensive line's got to play better and things like that, but that's all part of it. But we, we wanted to in, encapsulate it in a little bit of different way. And that is it's got to make USC pay because it's very easy. We know what USC is going to do. They're going to do what every other Notre Dame opponent has done this year and what USC did last year. It's the same defensive staff. They're not going to let you run the ball on us. We're not going to let you grind the clock out. We're not going to let you play keep away, which I really hope Notre Dame doesn't do. You run the ball because that's who you are, not because you're you're afraid to give them the ball, right? Right. And and so you've got to make them pay. Now, how, what does that mean, Ryan? Does that mean you come out and throw the ball 15 straight times? No, not necessarily. What what making them pay means? Number one, you've got to be physical at the line of scrimmage, right? couple of those linebacker run-throughs, you need to come off your double team and knock them out. I mean, knock them to the ground. You know what I mean? Be physical and punishing and all that. But it means get get a, get a come off the line with intensity offensively, Ryan. Get bodies on bodies, and 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 you're going to get movement because there's plenty of times where, where I've seen USC run a stunt where they bring six, seven, eight guys on a run stunt, and they just cut it out the backside and take it first untouched for six because there's just a lack of, of discipline in what they do, right? So Notre Dame's got to take advantage of those things. It also means making sure that you've got your RPO game on point to where if they're going to bring all those guys, you can pull that sucker and throw it outside four or five times because it only takes one time for them to miss a tackle and you're out the gate, right? And and it just it, it limits your need to be perfect when that's that to me that to me more than anything, Ryan, is the great advantage of RPOs. It limits your need yep. to be perfect with your yep. play design and play calling. And then, of course, your pass game and screen game have to be on point in this game. Where, hey, if you want to come out and do this to us, we're gonna we're gonna take it to you. Right. Last year, I felt like Notre Dame's pass game. You, you look at the end of the game, Ryan, and the numbers the numbers were good. Uh, the numbers were very good actually at the end of the game last year. But it didn't really kind of get going until the second half. You know, the first half they didn't do a whole lot. They got red hot in the second half. But by that point in time, you were playing you were playing catch up against USC at that point in time. And they can't allow that to happen. They they've got to come out and have that plan early. Get that get the pass game going early. That's going to be an incredibly important part uh to what Notre Dame's got to do on Saturday to win. And so when if USC wants to bring that that heavy pressure stuff that they did last year, make them pay for it. Yeah. You know, rip them with I mean it's 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 not just about big plays. It's about it's about making pay for it because there's nothing that a defense hates worse, Ryan. Then when you spend all week on it, and this is true for offenses too, but I think it's especially true for defenses. There's nothing they hate worse than you put work in all week. And this, we're going to do this, we're going to do, we're going to do. And the offense just comes out and says, this has no chance of working against us. We're going to make you pay big time. And now you're scrambling and you leave this coaching staff to having to figure out alternatives on the fly. You're, you're going to have some success, right? But Notre Dame the last few weeks hasn't shown us that this staff can do that, right? So that's, that's, they're going to have to, they're going to have to step up and make them and do that. And then it's going to come down to, well, let's, we'll save that for, for key number four. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say, Brian, like the, the phrase make them pay, I think is perfect for USC as well because they're so unsound defensively. They are. I mean, there's going to be a lot of times where it's like, they're going to sell out and leave spots on the field vulnerable. And there's going to be a lot of one-on-one matchups. 
And if Notre Dame's able to just take advantage of that one-on-one matchup, they're going to make a play, right? Not even it doesn't necessarily even have to be explosive play, but it could be on a third and nine or a you know a, a down and distance in the red zone that you really need a big play, you know, in the end of a first half, the end of a second half. There's going to be opportunities for Notre Dame to make plays because this defense is one that is going to say we are going to sacrifice being consistent and being and have gap integrity to create chaos. We're going to sacrifice those things. And when you have those opportunities, you have to make the plays. You have to, right? They're selling out and they're gap unsound. You have to be able to make a big play. You have to in this game. So yeah, make them pay. Make them pay defensively for being a aggressive, over-aggressive, unsound defense. Make them pay for that. Make them pay for that. Because there's going to be plenty of moments in this game. This game is going to be offensive. I feel like it is going to either sink or swim based upon Notre Dame's ability to win one-on-one matchups, right? It's going to it's going to be the difference, in my opinion, because you are going to have those opportunities. They're going to leave Damani Jackson one-on-one against an outside receiver. They're going to give you an opportunity. They are going to put Eric Gentry one-on-one in the passing game against a tight end or a running back. They're going to make you win one-on-one matchups. And for the most part this year, USC has lost a lot of those matchups, which is why their defense is not good. But can Notre Dame be that team? Can right. they make them pay? Can they can they make those plays when they need them most? I don't know the answer to that right now, but I'm very hopeful. Very hopeful. You're going to need to. I think the nickel yes. spot is another one, Ryan, where against Shaylen Smith, who's a nice player, and they'll put, they'll put some other guys there too. But that's a spot where you've got to have success. You know, you've got to be able to throw the ball down the field. There are things USC does where it, it's very odd. It's like they're 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 taking away the inside, like obnoxiously so with their alignment from the slot, but then they're not protecting the outside ball with their coverage structure. You've got to find ways to exploit that, right? And and part of this is just going to be, you know, Sam Hartman's going to have to come out and say, listen, I've got to throw some balls up and give my chances, my guys' chances to make some plays. I mean, Drew Pine did that against Arizona State. I mean, against USC this year. I mean, he did not play well in that game. He played much better against USC last year. But there's just a few times where Drew Pine just said, all right, I got a one-on-one. I'm going to throw it up and let my guy go make a play. And they did, right? I mean, so that's going to be a, a big part of this is just let your guys go make plays, right? Because you're going to get those one-on-ones. And then if he do, if Sam does that, you've got to do that. But I'm, I keep jumping ahead to number four. Let's go to number three, Ryan, appropriately number three, third down success. Yeah. Notre Dame's third down offense. Because what? So let's t- let's kind of share what went into why this was going to why. Because we were kind of back and forth on okay, do we go early down success or do we go third down? And the whole point was let's go third down because the last two weeks you've gotten into a lot of third and shorts. <laughs> Ohio State, you had a third, two, and a fourth and one back to back. Your early downs were not the problem. <laughs> it was third and fourth down that was the problem, right? And so it's not like Notre Dame's not. Um, you know, not struggling and they're getting in too many third and 11s like yeah that that has happened a couple times but you're not even converting the third and ones you're not even converting the third and twos much less the third and nines so uh third down success ryan and everything that goes into that obviously getting into manageable third downs but dude you've got to have a better third down plan and you've got to execute your third down plan at a higher level third down to me this lack of success ryan is is twofold and it's equally twofold. It's the 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 plan has been what? And the execution has been 
oh my what was that yep. you know it's been both and so both yep. sides have to gonna have to put much more care and focus into a strong third down plan and then executing that plan you know you know i'm very much against the hyper hyperbole sometimes of like is it the player's fault or is it the coach's fault i'm like it's probably both yes. right there might be one that deserves a little bit more blame than the other but everyone needs blame when things aren't working well or things aren't working at the highest efficiency that they possibly can. So Notre Dame as a team right now, offensively just overall, but third down, I think kind of exemplifies it. You're not efficient at all. You make everything very hard on yourselves. One, some of the play calls are just, what are we doing? I mean, what was it? The fourth down call last week, Brian, where you tried the wing counter with Chris Tyree, right? Like that was the, the play down. last week. It was third down. Yeah. yeah. Where it was like what? Third and one, third and two or something like that. And you tried the in, wing counter in Louisville territory. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, that's, that's just a bad call, right? It's a bad call. You set him up for failure. Yes. Chris Tyree, you know, dropped the ball on the exchange and maybe it would have worked if you would have caught it, but it's like it's a bad handoff by Hartman yeah, also. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But you can always nitpick that stuff, but it's not a good thing, call Ryan, regardless. Yeah. Here's the problem I have. If you go back and watch Louisville in, in games leading up to that game, I actually understand the call, but part of being a play caller is sometimes you got to realize this game isn't quite going the way that we thought they were. They were crashing yeah. the edge downhill much harder than we had seen on film from them because of how much power and counter that Notre Dame runs, right? They were crashing and hard. That should have removed that play from your third down script because yeah. you can't run that play with a hard crashing edge. You just can't. Yeah. And, and it's more, that's more like my, a play on second and six that you give it a shot, you right. know, maybe first that and works 10, some, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Second and six, first and 10, so yeah. that that had to impact your decision making, and they didn't. And it didn't, and that was where you yeah. kind of say there just wasn't a feel for what was happening. And if you don't have a feel for what was happening, you're not going to make the calls you need to make to be successful. To your point, and so there was nothing about that play was going to work. The handoff stunk. Chris Tyree's, you know, I think he's got to make a better play on getting the handoff, and yep. you got to block it better. There's nothing that went right on that play. Nope. And to me, that also leads to it, it, it. That's also to me partly preparation, man. Like, how much did you run that during the week? If you're going to put in something new like that, you better run the heck out of it yes. during the week. And it didn't look like they did. I, I that's a guess. I wasn't at practice. It just, yep, the way it was executed, it just didn't. They didn't look like they were able to. They had really had a plan. So third down plan has got to be much better this week, and third down success has got to be much better this week. And I want to take that to point four, Ryan, because this yep. is part of it too, mm-hmm. right? We talked about this the other day. When Avery Davis was healthy, you just kind of knew on third down that between him and Michael Mayer, you were going to have a hard time stopping Notre Dame on third down. You, sure. you just you just were. Yep. Third down was going to be Notre Dame's down, right? And when you look at their offense, you know, under Tommy Reese, there were some years where, where Notre Dame's third down, third down game was was pretty good. You know, yep. it was pretty good. Last year, as bad as their offense was, they were 13th in the country in third down. Because they had a pretty good plan. They were seventh in the country in 2020 on third down uh, because they had a plan. They had they, But they also had guys that stepped up on third down situations. 21, it's a lot of Avery Davis. My, by the end of the year, Michael Mayer, uh, excuse me, 2020. Uh, 2021, similar type of deal. Now, Notre Dame, if you look at their actual rankings that year, they, they only ranked 46th on third down because they were pretty bad early in the year. 
but when they got hot later in the year, they were much better. I mean, they went through a stretch between USC and and Georgia Tech where they were between 45 was their lowest, and they got up into the 60s a couple times, 50s a couple times, where it was a much better, much better third down operation. So, I mean, there was a plan. You knew who your playmakers were, and, and they would step up and make plays. Yep. You don't have that right now. You know, we spent all offseason talking about it. Like, who's there, who are going to be the money players in this yeah. offense when you need a big conversion, third downs? And we just – we don't know who that guy is right now. I don't think we have right. that guy. Nobody stepped up to be that guy. Now, part of that is, I think, one of the guys that we expected to be one of those players is a position where I just don't think his game is suited to be a money player on third down. That's Jaden Thomas outside. I don't think Jaden is is that guy in that situation as a boundary. You know, we talked about maybe him taking some of the stuff that we would see from Michael Mayer on third down because they would line him up in the slot so much on third down last year and do those type of things. You know, Mitchell Evans has been the only guy to me that's really stepped up in those moments and said, get me the ball. That's really it. Yep. You know, and so uh, – so step up time, man. Stan Hartman's got to step up. Talked about this yesterday. He's got to step up and make plays. He's got to step up and carry this football team. The whole point of our uh, belief that this team would be better is we've always said, man, if Notre Dame can just get a quarterback, they just get a quarterback, just get a quarterback. And they got one. And then they, to me, he hasn't played well in recent games. But I also don't think they're letting him kind of be that gunslinger that that he was. They've tried to change him, who he is as a six-year senior, which is, is not wise. He's got to step up and just say, screw it, man. I got nothing to lose. We're not going to play for championship. So I'm going to go out there and have some fun and, and make some plays, and we're going to win some football games, right? And he needs to be that guy. But it also comes down to, hey, Tobias, ball comes your way. Go make a play, man, right? Go make a play. Chris Tyree, ball comes your way. Go make a play, all right? Jordan Faison, uh, Jaden Thomas, Jaden Greathouse, Rico Fl- I don't care who it is. Ball comes your way. Go make a play. Third and three, Zeke. You know, Rocco, play whoever. Go make a play, and making a play is kicking my guy's butt across from me, doing my job of kicking that guy's butt. It's a mentality, and so to me, Ryan, it it comes down to yes, the scheme's got to be better and all these other principles. But at the end of the day, you win these games because certain guys step up and say, "I got this," and we we don't know who that's going to be for Notre Dame but somebody's going to have to step up and be that guy somebody's cuz it can't be one guy against USC no it's got to yeah, be man. multiple you need at least you know somebody at receivers got to step up somebody at running backs got to step up quarterbacks got to step up your line's got to play better and yeah. and it this is one of those weeks where it's Joe Walton Zeke Zeke Carell have got to kind of lay down the law and say hey fellas what we did in the last two weeks isn't acceptable this is Notre Dame we're going right. to go out there and do something about it. Yep. No, I, I think it's really well said. I, I, Cause I think that for me, it's like the only money play we really have seen for the most part this season so far is the Sam Hartman fourth and 16 scramble, right? Where you're like, Oh, that's why you brought Sam Hartman here. That's, that's fantastic. Right. That's a big time play. You need more of that, man. And it can't just always like Sam Hartman needs to play a lot better, but he also needs to have guys that can also make those plays too, right? Because he's not a he's not a dual threat in the traditional sense of like he's going to pull and keep all the time and he can create a big play by himself outside of structure. He's not a Vince Young type, right? But he can make plays to get the ball in other people's hands. But from there, Chris Tyree, 
Mitchell Evans, we've seen Mitchell Evans make some of these plays, right? We've seen it already. But Chris Tyree, Jaden Greathouse, Jaden Thomas, your, your point's very valid. I don't care who it is either. I don't care. As long as Notre Dame gets a first down, I could not care less how they get it. Could not care less. I'm about the operation to get to a final result, right? I'm about getting to that. And I am also in the belief of if you want to be the best possible team you are, you need a bunch of guys that are like that, right? The big-time money players. Because, like, yeah, Clemson had their guy back in the day of Hunter Renfro, but, like, they also had, you know, Mike Williams and Sammy Watkins at some points. Well, and, like, they, it, they had a bunch it, of guys, you know? And, Ryan, I brought I brought this up before, right? Because we're not talking about just third down now. We're talking about just overall stepping up. It, you know, I, I've, I've said, made this point before. I remember the 2016 title game that Clemson won. They were down 14 nothing to Bama. Who was the guy that made the play to spark the offense? It wasn't Mike Williams. It wasn't Amari Rogers. It wasn't uh, It wasn't Deshaun Watson. It wasn't Wayne Gallman. It was Deion Kane. Oh, Deion he catches Kane, yeah, a little yeah. screen pass, makes a couple guys miss, and then gets up the side. I mean, he made, he, did, he made a play. It wasn't like he hit a tunnel, wide open, great play call. He made multiple guys miss and then went. He went yeah. and made a play, right? Mike Williams made some plays that game, right? So Deshaun then, that, that's what sparked all those other guys. Yep. And sometimes that's what it is. Like, hey, dude, I only made one play, but, you know, that that play sparked my team. I don't remember Chris Tyree making – or Chris uh, – excuse me, not Chris Tyree. Chris Fink making any other plays against Michigan. But I remember that one play that really just kind of broke that game open, right, that yep. great catch. Now, at that point in time, you know, you were beating Michigan convincingly, but you weren't pulling away from them yet, and that kind of helped you pull away. I, You know, you think of – you know, other games where Avery Davis, I don't remember hearing much of Avery Davis for the first three and a half quarters of the Clemson game in 2020. <laughs> yeah. I only remember him making three catches and they in that game. One was a sideline catch to convert a third down. And then he makes the big, just spun his guy into the ground, man. Just a great route, makes the catch. And then everybody talks about that great catch he had on that last drive, but he finished that drive off with a, a touchdown catch where he he worked himself open. He was running out. He saw that they were playing him. He stops. Ian puts it right on him, and they they scored and, and tie the game up, send it overtime, right? I mean, that's the thing, Ryan, is you, you've you got it, – it's not just your studs. It's right. who stepped up in that game, right? Javon McKinley had some big plays in that game. Kyron had a big play in that game. Avery Davis made some big plays in that game. Ian Book made some big plays with his legs in that game, right? And then he fumbles – in, in what could have helped put the game away, you're thinking, just stupid, Ian. Like, you can't be that guy. But And then that caused him to fall behind. But when they fell behind, what did he do? Took him right down the field and scored, right? Like, you got to give that to him. We haven't seen that in the last couple of weeks, except for, like you said, that one drive. That's great. But, like, it, again, it should never have come to that. No. Right? That was against number one Clemson. We're talking about Louisville and Duke. Right. You know, and so so guys are going to have to step up, man. It's a big, big, big part of it. Big, big part. I mean, you know, now Jordan Faison is the obsession from fans, and now he's their number one receiver because he caught two passes. I, I don't, don't care. You guys can obsess about whatever player, whether it's to me talking about Tobias or somebody talking about Tyree or Great House. I don't, I don't care. I don't care if it's Davis Sherwood and C- Cooper Flanagan. I don't care. I don't care if all of a sudden they throw Braylon James out there this week and he – but you're going to need guys to step up and make plays. You do not win a game like this against Caleb Williams and this team if guys don't step up and make plays. And and when we watched Utah last year beat USC twice, you know the second time the offense didn't really nef- necessarily have to do as much because of how much the defense was dominant. 
But the first yep. time they played, you know, when when uh, when USC scored, what was it, like 41 points, 42 points, you needed some guys to step up and make some plays. And Cameron Rising did that for them the entire second half. You know, Dalton Kincaid made some plays for them. I mean, they had guys all over the field making plays for them, you know, in, in the pass game, run game. Uh, Devon Vele made some plays for them. Money Parks has one catch in the game, one catch, went for 45 yards, right? Like, guys got to step up and make plays. And um, that's going to be a key. You're not going to win this game if the if, if guys don't step up. And to me, that's kind of the thing that if if they win and this this gets true, Vent or Ryan is, it gets me excited is because if that starts to happen and they build that confidence from a playmaking standpoint, and we didn't even mention Jeremiah Love and Jadarian Price, and you know what I mean. Like, there's just that's the thing. There's so many flipping options. It's it's ridiculous. More guys aren't you know that it's not happening, but. If if that starts to happen with this offense, this team becomes really scary, because there is more, there's way more talent than what we've seen, what it's looked like the last two weeks. That's the most frustrating thing about all this, is that it's just no. I don't want to hear the bullcrap excuse of you don't have players. I don't want to hear that crap. It this isn't about that. This isn't about talent. It's not. It certainly is not though. This is not a talent issue. There is a. There is a confidence issue right now at Notre Dame, and there is a efficiency issue at Notre Dame and taking advantage of opportunities you have. So offensively, it's going to be a big game, obviously, for Notre Dame. That's the key to victories for this game. For offensively, we're going to move over to the defensive keys next. Thank you. 